<laughs> Sing it to him, Muddy. <laughs> That's a hard place to be in. Get up out that muddy water. I ain't know. Aight. When you up in that muddy water, fight longer, fight harder, get stronger, never give up. When you up in that muddy water, I Been up in that muddy water I'm sorry, I'm standing on solid shore And I don't want to go back in that muddy water I ain't going back on that muddy water Okay, okay, I told him wake up, wake up It's the first of the month I got up, I got my hustle on the time to stack up Like Pringles and Legos and Jingles And yeah, I play with bricks Stack them up like in the block Take you back to old six When it do move plenty weight Holla at young Snoopy He could get a full play Known by every hood man, woman in your area Always on point so you can enjoy the best of it Then I'm on the move Old Atlanta 7 Mike Vick When I was in the whip I always say C-Lo Cause I ain't got time to get stopped by the people It don't equal Cause even I know where that road goes Now let the beat sing out I think we're going to pump the brakes right there. I was just doing a little shameless plug. One of our artists starting that the show off today is called Muddy Waters, just so everybody can know. Welcome to Canada Player Play. This is your host, Lamont Patterson, along with my esteemed colleague, Dr. Matthew Anderson, in the building. I am in the building. Yes, he is. How's everybody doing? Welcome to the show. So far, so good, man. So far, so good. Can I, can I well, start what's trending? Can I start? I want to start by asking you a personal question before we welcome Marcus. Oh no, we ain't doing no personal questions today. Not, yeah, we're not going free. to personal. Not for free personal anyway. Question. Not for free anyway. <laughs> so, all right, I won't ask you. I won't ask you. I just wait. I'll just slip it in later. Before you even know it's coming up, just popping in there right now. Yeah, okay. Right. That sounds good. So, okay. so oh, we uh, got a good guest today, and I want to make sure he's with us. Marcus, are you with us? Hello. Oh, man, let me try this. How about hey, that? Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah, we got you now. Alright, Every now and then a switchboard, you know, act like a retarded person. <laughs> Welcome, Marcus. Man, thank you for uh thank you for having me. I'm excited uh to be on and joining with you guys and uh man looking forward to have some fun over the next few minutes. Well, I hope okay. you have some fun every every once in a while. You know, it's kind of hard with Lamont. You know, if you start asking him personal questions, he's going to get dangerous on you. So, we'll see no, what happens. No, see, well, we're gonna... see, well, first of all, Marcus got he he's right up my alley because he he talks about the things that I need to talk about, things I need to hear about. Okay. And um um, I you know I have a question too because I think it's two types of pe- people in the world. I think there's entrepreneurs and there's nine to fivers, but we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, we're going to have to tackle about that one. Let me, uh, Marcus, I'm going to introduce you, and then uh, I'm going to cut Lamont loose on you, okay? All right, let's get it. Okay. 
So today we have Marcus Bowles. Marcus was born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri, where he spent 18 years of his life gathering the principles that would set him on course to be an extraordinary entrepreneur, a super achiever, as he calls it. A catalyst of education, he began a six-year quest in 2008 and completed the journey in 2014, acquiring five degrees. We're definitely going to ask about that one. These degrees consist of information technology, marketing, supply chain, and reporting skills Marcus has obtained are sales, recruiting, financial and real estate investment, organizational development, innovation, design thinking, as well as diversity and inclusion. He is a third-generation entrepreneur with over 25 years of entrepreneurship exposure, 11 years of business management and marketing experience, and nine years of IT experience, and also nine years of professional speaking and training. It's safe to say he was bred to be an entrepreneur. Over the years, Marcus has started and developed many businesses. Some of the most recognized are Customized Minds, CM Investments, and Customized Shopping. All of the businesses Marcus has started, developed, or invested in have a common principle. People come first. Well, Marcus, thanks for joining us today, and uh, we've got a lot of questions for you, and it sounds like you're going to have a lot of good answers, particularly uh, maybe you want to start with the first one that uh, Lamont just brought up, which I think is a great one. Lamont, you want to say it again? I felt like there's two types of people in the world, entrepreneurs and nine-to-fivers, the worker bee mentalities. So I guess I, I ask that question because sometimes well, I find out that people that are used to just working a job for, for, for many, many years, it, it's, it's hard for them to adapt the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, that's my take on it. What do you feel about that, Marcus? Man, uh, first and foremost, man, I, I got to thank you for that that, that warm um, introduction. Um, it warms my heart every time, um, you know, to hear something like that, like, Thinking back, like man, what did I find all the time to <laughs> to do all of that work and uh, still going? But to that, you know, I think that point right there with, with my introduction, you know, says it that I think there are two types of people, and the the biggest difference really depends on your goals and, and your strategy. You know, so if you are living to be an entrepreneur and you are quote unquote working the nine to five as a worker B, you know, you find yourself caught in between two worlds because you know that you are supposed to be creating, that you're supposed to be doing, that you're supposed to be providing. And um, you know, there are a lot of people right like that right now, you know, living in the entrepreneur air, what we're calling, you know, these times that we're living in. Um, so there is that what I call swim lane and then there's definitely that swim lane of being the nine to five, because if you think about it, if all of us were entrepreneurs in a sense of creating and starting businesses and organizations, you know, there wouldn't be anyone to help us achieve the vision mm-hmm. that we have. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, both are definitely needed in, in our society and our community, but depending on your strategy and your goal for your life, um, you know, if you're in that nine to five, and you want to be an entrepreneur, you're, you're going to feel some type of way about it. And if you 
or an entrepreneur, you're like, man, this really isn't for me. I want to go back to that security, that nine to five. You're also going to feel some type of way as well. Yeah. Man, I just feel sorry for the people that just caught up. <laughs> well, sometimes yeah, that can be safe. Well, yeah, it is safe, and you know, and 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 I know there's a lot of days that go by because I quit my job every day, I, but I, I know there's a lot of days that go by. I, I do say to myself, I wish I had a nine to five. So at the end of the week, I know I'm gonna get a check. I'm gonna get a certain amount of money. Um, there's a certain amount of security to come with that. But then uh, the flip side of that is. Being an entrepreneur, you you out there and you operate every day by faith and sheer willpower and determination to be successful. Uh, the rewards are a lot greater, but so are the losses. But then a true entrepreneur, entrepreneur don't even you know trip on the losses. You know he just keeps his eye on on his goal or whatever his thing is that he's striving for. Man, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree even more because you know that is. You know, definitely, just like anything, you know, there's pros and cons to um, any anything that you're doing. But if it aligns with your goal, like you just said, the pros of, you know, the direction that you're heading and what you're choosing to do is going to outweigh the consequences. But if, if your goal does not align with that strategy, then, yeah, you're going to look at it as risk and red flags and, you know, looking at all the negatives because it doesn't align with what you're trying to do and what you're trying to focus on. Mm-hmm. Marcus, could you uh, tell us a little bit about what you mean when you, you said about all the businesses have a common principle, people come first? Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so, um, you know, really really growing up as a as a millennial and and what I what I like to say, uh, studying success. Um, you know, I do a lot of you know speaking around around studying success versus modeling success because you never really want to model after someone or something. There's definitely you know studying it and you know then making it your own and applying it your own way. So mm-hmm. when I was growing up and you know really figuring out that I was going to do this this whole business this entrepreneurship thing, um, I found that one common principle when I was studying always stood out. It was that if you had great people aligned with, you know, whether it be a team, an organization, a business, a family, any common place where you were trying to achieve a goal collectively, if all the people were moving in the right direction and uh, had the you know similar mindset and worked in a very cohesive environment. Those teams won. They achieved their goal. They went on to do greater things than than those that didn't work together. So um, when I figured out that what I wanted to do with my business, I said, any and everything that I invest in, that I do, I'm going to make sure that the people come first. Meaning you know, providing them uh, the, the tools, the opportunities, the, the communication that they need in order to achieve what it is that they're working on. Um, you know, I could look at a, a great business that has a tremendous product that will change a lot of lives, but if I'm not able to connect with that person, knowing that I'm not just going to give you a check when I invest in your business, that I'm going to be a relationship investor with you as well, 
that's what I really mean by anything that I do, tell it first. Okay. Makes sense. Um, you got a takeaway here I thought was really interesting. I, I want you to comment about it. It says, knowing that the power of life and death is in the tongue, more importantly in the mind, but first you must believe in the heart. Interesting statement. What, what does this mean? Wow, uh, I haven't really quite figured out how to go about this yet, but that's my uh, that's my quote and motto in life that um, that, that I created. Um, but it's kind of a inverse, and, and, it, and it, it has a little bit of biblical uh, principles um, to it. But if you think about it, everything that you speak that comes out of your mouth, whether it be good or bad, ultimately happens. But before you speak anything, you think about it. So, you know, if you give someone praise or if you go and cuss someone out, before those words ever come off your lips, they were mentally transgressed in your mind. And before it even got to your mind, before you really come out into the world, before you start speaking, before you start thinking, it starts in your heart, which is your belief system. Your belief system and your heart drives your character and who you are and who and, and what you do every single day. And, and so, again, studying, um, you know, success and studying life, which is all about growth, I realized that when, you know, number one, reading my Bible and then, you know, seeing those principles happen in the everyday world, that is my takeaway on life. The power in life and death is in the tongue. Everything you speak essentially happens, good or bad. But first it starts in your mind because you're thinking about what you're going to do before you do it, and then your heart drives actually what you do. Well, I I work with a lot of people who are searching for uh, – I like your questions here because I like one of the – I, I work with a lot of people who are searching for their gift and, and their passion, and I'm curious about how you go about helping people discover their passion and their gifts. Man, great question. Um, I was That was a question that I asked myself, um, you know, growing up, and when studying and, and looking for that answer, it actually became became easy. So, you're, you're, we're all, we all know that we're, we're giving gifts, you know, we're, we're blessed with talent, um, but it's our job to, to grow them. So I'll take and look at it, you know, singing, then I, and I'll answer the question directly. You know, so a lot of people say, you know, let's take Beyonce or any gifted singer, for example, um, man, they were blessed with an amazing voice. Well, that is true, but they, their voice, when you heard and when you said the voice is amazing, was not always at that caliber. You know, they started off, they had the foundation of that gift, but they had to work and grow that talent, that love, that passion to get that voice at that caliber when people go, wow, that's an amazing voice. People just aren't, just don't come out of the womb like that. So I, I say that to when, to help someone understand and find their passion and what their gift is, just really look at what you love. What do you like to do? What gets you excited? What gets your blood pumping and flowing and energizing? Well, for me, it was, you know, naturally business, 
But diving deeper in that, it was inspiring and empowering people through my, my voice and my gift of speaking. When I looked at that, I said, that's what I love to do. Ultimately, that was my passion and that was my gift. But as you said in my introduction, I've developed that gift over nine years of growing it, you know, putting these methodologies, studying and taking all these principles together. So that's how you, you know, find your passion. You look at what you love, what you like to do, what excites you, and ultimately that is your passion, that is your gift, and then you have to go to work on practicing that gift every single day. Well, got, you got it, Matthew? Go ahead, Lamont. Yeah, go no, ahead. No, I, I just want to know if you got that one, if you understood that. Yes. <laughs> I understand. Marcus, Marcus, question. I, you know, I want to know, I want to know, what do you mean by when you say uh, life is really a game? I want to know if you're thinking sort of, or if we're thinking somewhat on the same lines with that. Most definitely, I'm giving it to you guys raw and uncut. You know, a lot of good, great principles. Um, so, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of of analogies. It, you know, I think I've probably said three or four. You know, just chatting with you guys already. Uh, so again, kind of growing up, you know, I was I was a big fan of of video games. And you know, when I started professionally speaking and, and uh, developing a couple programs, one Speak Life 365 and uh, live life on purpose, um, I, I try to bring this message of, you know, life is a game to people because, you know, many people can relate to different games, whether it be video games, sports, you know, some type of, uh, you know, competition, naturally humans can relate to that. So with any game, with any sport, with any competition, it has rules, right? So... If you say life is like a game, and if life is similar to that game or whatever game it is, that means life has rules. And then you also, most games have a purpose, whether it be the first one to a certain, you know, score by the end of the time, whether it be a certain person with the lowest score by the end of the time, whatever it is, there's an overall objective to the game, to the competition. And the overall objective in the game of life is to grow and to grow as much as you can with the unknown amount of time that you are given. No one knows how long you have from the moment that you are born that you're conceived until the time that you're going to leave this earth. And so that's what I mean by life is like a game. It has a set of rules, it has a set of foundations, and it has an overall objective. And that objective is to grow and to do as much as you can in the time that you have been given. And hopefully you're impacting people in a positive way in that time. I get it. I get it. Because I like to think to myself is the better you play the game of life definitely dictates your station. <laughs> and that dictates whatever else you do. Absolutely. <laughs> you know. Uh, and hence, you know, the name of the show, Can a Player Play? When that name was conceived, uh, we knew that a lot of people wouldn't get what we're talking about, but the whole thought behind the name of the show was to reach out for people such as yourself. That's on top of your game, you know, and that's the people we try to have on the show, uh, regardless of, you know, their profession. 
hopefully they can just bring something like you're doing that could benefit and help others, which I know Matthew agree with me. This is part of uh, our gift to give back in our little small way. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Hopefully people are going to listen to this and find something useful and meaningful that's going to make a difference the next day, hopefully. Well, Marcus, I got a quick question for you. Maybe I don't know. You get question it. How do you do five degrees in six years? <laughs> Man, um, when I look back on it, and and I tell people, I don't know if I was just crazy or I just had a lot of time on my hands. Uh, but really, really, the answer to the to the question is is, is fairly direct, and. The way I did it and how I did it is because I could. And I don't say that to, you know, sound arrogant or anything like that, but to, to piggyback off, you know, what we just said, you know, life being like a game, understanding the rules um, and, and achieving the goal is a lot of times what I, what I understood and seen is that people don't necessarily give it their full, their all. They only give about – and maybe if you're lucky, 70% of what mm-hmm. you're fully capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And so that's really how I did it. I gave it 100%. So they said, you know, you go to school for four or three and a half, four years, and you're supposed to walk out with, you know, one degree. And I was like, well, I got 24 hours in a day. It, if I do, you know, classes for it, you know, and they're all similar. So some of the classes were overlapping, and they would apply to the same majors, and so it was kind of uh, cross credited. You know, that was really how I looked at it. I, I, I said, okay, these are the rules to the game. This is how this works. I can, you know, do two and one and get cross credited, and and then ultimately walk out with uh, you know, these three degrees as well as work on some some IT associate degree degrees in, in technology. And, and, and that's really what what I did. I took that philosophy of, okay, I'm playing a game. These are the rules. This is the objective. This is the time frame I want to do it in. Let's get it. And I gave it my 100%. And, you know, years later, I walked away with that many degrees. Mm. It makes me tired thinking about it. <laughs> it was not It was not easy. And um, there were a lot of challenges. There were a lot of mm. adversities. There were, you know, some times when, you know, it, it was stressful. It was hard. And, you know, I heard uh, randomly I was traveling um, and my radio reception wasn't working. Uh, so I was listening to the uh, Steve Harvey Morning Show, and he said something that really was profound, which is, you know, similar to that time where I was going through and getting all those degrees, it was pressure. It was pure pressure. And Steve Harvey kept saying, you know, pressure bus pipe. And the reason why a lot of people don't live the life that they want to live is because when pressure comes, they bust. And, and, and they can't handle the pressure of growth and trying to achieve a goal because as you're going after it, you're going to get that resistance of, like, just what's keeping you on this earth, the gravity. It's going to be pressure, and that's really how I did it. I just withstood that pressure, the rules, and, and went at it. So would you say you had an entrepreneurial approach, an entrepreneurial approach to getting education? Say say it one more time, entrepreneurial approach to 
to your education. It sounds like you, you know, you kind of mixed it up in a way that really worked for you. Yeah, and um, with with that, and, and and again, when studying uh, success, when I was heavy into to doing so, another common thing that number one entrepreneurs carry, and most of your greats carry, which was you may be more talented than me, you may be more gifted than me, you may have more resources than me, you may have a lot more things than me, but you're not going to ever outwork me. And that really stuck with me. And a lot of people know Michael Jordan for that. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's really, you know, a philosophy that I applied to, to my life. And I said, I'm never not going to ever give it my all. Um, I'm going to always hustle. I'm always grind until, you know, my, my body tells me to stop. And oftentimes it, de- it does tell me to stop. I think that's one of the, the, the most deciding factors between um, an entrepreneur and a nine-to-fiver. Maybe I need, shouldn't say nine-to-fiver. But I, I think the, the, the main ingredients that make the difference is the commitment and the dedication that it takes to be an entrepreneur. Absolutely. I mean, we all have it in us. It's, it's just simply, you know, do you want to – you know, give it a hundred percent every day when you're when when you get up from the moment your feet hit the floor until the time you close your eyes. And don't get me wrong, it's not all you know working. You know, you gotta live your life as an entrepreneur, whatever the business, the organization, the goal that you have, as well as balance that with family. You know, coming home, catering to the spouse, and you know, catering to the children. You know, being at the games, and you know, managing you know all of those. You know, pockets and areas of life, and the easier route. It's still hard as a corporate American professional, but it's definitely much easier when you're working a, a nine to five or being in that corporate American structure for most people. Because do or die, essentially, of the business of the lifeline is not on you. You know, you got a set job, you got a set goal, objectives, and you know, at the end of the year, you do your review. You meet those expectations, you're going to get your 1% to 2% increase, and, you know, you got your job for the next year. As an entrepreneur, you're on the line every day to make it happen uh, to keep the business going. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because I tell people I don't have a job. I tell them I am the job. <laughs> I like that. Because you're right, every, every day it's a new struggle, and, and people don't really understand, you know, um, how your mind is constantly on on, and I find it hard to try to find the off switch. Matter of fact, I still haven't found the off switch. From the time I wake up in the morning, I pretty much have worked through my whole day and on the next day, and I'm still trying to figure out where the off switch is. Man, I tell people you just really you on standby when you sleep, <laughs> and the off switch is when you pass on this 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 earth. <laughs> yeah. Does that wear you out? Um, it 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 doesn't. You know, so over it doesn't now. Let me let me make that clear. It doesn't now. Um, you know, I really credit my wife. Uh, for sticking with me, you know, over these past, you know, going on six years, um, it, it it hasn't always been easy. It, it's definitely been a lot of trial and error. But 
there's a methodology that I actually learned when I was working in corporate America is, uh, you know, you plan, you do, you check, and you adjust. So uh, time, you know, people don't plan. They normally just do. They definitely don't check, and then they really don't make an uh, adjustment. So um, it doesn't wear me out now because I use that methodology, you know, but it took her helping me, coaching me, guiding me, because I knew I wanted a family, and I knew I wanted that part to be of my life just as much as uh, my, my love and passion for entrepreneurship and helping people. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Before, I was, you know, working 18, 19-hour days and, you know, trying to just, just do it all and, and then the next day be half there and, um, you know, body just wore out by the end of the week. But, you know, now what I do is uh, I take, you know, pretty much Sunday to completely rest and recover uh, and then pretty much go hard throughout the week. And um, I may do a little bit of, you know, activity on on Saturday, but definitely, you know, cutting it off at a certain time and enjoying that relaxation. Um, But that's been the biggest thing that I've found for, for me is that just as much as, you know, you're on, you're in go mode, you also need to rest and recover. Um, the what fastest machine coming to my mind now is just, just to say a jet, an airplane. At some point, it has to land, it has to rest, refuel, recover, then to get back up in the air to go at a thousand something miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So you apply that to your body and to what you're doing the same is going to happen to you because your body is essentially a machine, just like that jet is. I refer to it as charging my batteries. There you go. <laughs> I told you I like uh, analogies. Yep, that's mine. You're charging my batteries. And uh, like you said, I've learned how to do it um, a little bit different over the years, you know, how it works for me. It seems like I, I, I sleep less now for some reason you know i don't i don't need eight hours and you know if i lay in the bed too long in the morning i start feeling unnecessary (laughs) unnecessary yeah i mean you know there's just so many things i could be doing and so many things i want to do so many places i want to see that i've yet to see yet you know what i mean so just laying there it's like i could be doing a million things what am i just laying here for you know, my mind is running. My I, I'm not resting. You know, I can't go back to sleep. So, you know, what? Let's get up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Get up and make something happen. You know what I mean? Get up and get that's, going. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. it. Hey, I'm 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 up every day, Monday through Friday at four. <laughs> that's 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 how. I, and I actually picked that one up. Well, I, I picked the pieces of it up from um, Eric Thomas, who's a uh, you know very well known professional speaker. And you know, I first heard him say it, it really didn't, um, it really didn't catch me too much. But as I did start to get older, and, and to your point, Lamont, you know, it, it definitely going through the phases of life. You you start to see those those shifts. So you know, we, when we were growing up. You know, we always see our grandparents up at, you know, 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, you know, reading the paper, watching the news. Like, you know, why are you up so early? And, you know, they in bed by nine thirty, ten 10 o'clock. And, you know, we're not getting up until 
10, 11 o'clock that morning and, you know, out to 2, 3, 4 o'clock in, in, in the morning. So, but as your priorities start to change and you start to move through those different phases of life, the, your, your sleep patterns and other patterns that you have change. And ultimately, I credit that to, um, you know, being an early bird, you know, waking up at 4, you know, doing my mental pre- uh, preparation, you know, going to the gym before all the madness, you know, coming home, taking a shower, getting a coffee, and then hitting the day. Um, I, I think it, it really goes into the point of the different phases that you hit in life and what you're trying to achieve as well. Absolutely. And when you grow up and decide you want to be that consummate businessman, you decide you make a conscious decision at that point, I need to be up when the money's up. Because sleeping all day, you know what I'm saying? Sleeping all day, you're going to miss the money. You just are. Because businessmen are operating during certain times of the day pretty much all over the world. So that's another one of your good things, Lamont. I like that one. I got to be up with the money. I like well, you that. do. Good. You do. Because, you know, these guys land up sleeping depending on the occupation. I, I give them that. You know, if you're an entertainer and you're working, you know, all night, then I, I guess you have the right to sleep late. But the regular people, the 9 to 5 has got to be in their office at 8 o'clock or whatever, and they get off at a, you know, certain time. You know, um, it's just no reason, you know, to be laying up sleeping all day. You know, you got to be you got to be moving around when everybody else is moving around. Other than that, you're gonna find yourself getting hungry really quick. <laughs> Marcus, I, I was reading your I was reading your bio here, and I got a couple of questions based on what you shared in there. Do you can you tell us a little bit about what customized minds and customized shopping are? Yeah. Inter- so. Uh, inter- yeah, so uh, you know, really, really growing up as as a third generation entrepreneur, I was exposed to, and you name it, you know, all types of different businesses. Um, you know, not every business, every business business industry, of course, but I was exposed to, to quite quite a few. And so I had, you know, the the benefit to you know figure out you know what it was that I wanted to do, and I really couldn't, you know, come to a a conclusion on, you know, just solidly, solidly doing one thing or, you know, or two things. And then um, I don't know at what point, but I was studying something and I seen basically this business model and a lot of big businesses, a lot of, uh, you know, corporate America, Fortune 100, 500 companies are structured how I decided to structure customized minds, which is basically a holding firm. And, you know, what that looks like is, you know, number one, you get tax advantages. Um, number two, it, it oversees, you know, several different sub-companies or, or, or portfolios or businesses or industries up under it. Um, the one that I, I like to, to use a lot, probably a lot of audience, uh, the people listening, you know, will look at uh, P. Diddy. You know, uh, Sean, he has, you know, Bad Boy Entertainment. But he has several divisions. You know, you have Sean John, you have The Rock, you have the record label, you have several other things up under that umbrella. And that is really what Customized Minds is. It's a it's a holding firm that's holding all of my 
businesses that I either number one invested in or number two created. Uh, so that answers the first one, I think. Uh, the second one, customized shopping, is an e-commerce retail marketplace that connects people to products and services. Uh, some of our direct competitors are Amazon, eBay, Etsy, uh, several other marketplaces where you can go on and, and, and shop. And I created that business because of, you know, what we, you know, seen or and are seeing in the uh, buying methodologies and, and, and shift patterns of people buying more online. And I had a, a about a three-year background in it. And so once I, you know, decided to, you know, take the time to invest in it, you know, we developed customized shopping and, we really try to highlight entrepreneur-based businesses, their products, um, their services more than anything on the site. But, you know, we do have partnerships with uh, Fortune 100 and 500 companies um, that, you know, you can go on there, shop, and, you know, we got discounts and really what customized shopping is and um, how it rolls up into Customized Minds as the holding organization. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sound like Lamont. <laughs> Right, that's, that's the strategy <laughs> Yeah well you gotta be um, Talented What can I say You know You got a lot of businesses Lamont Yeah well you know I, I look back on it And, and I'm so grateful and, and I can't believe that That I'm just I'm just grateful in a lot of ways with my parents because, you know, my my great grandparents, well, I said my grandparents, you know, they was bootleggers, so you know they were in business. And mm-hmm. ever since I could remember, you know, my mother had a beauty shop or a restaurant or a hamburger stand or home for senior citizens or um, a children's home. And by me being the oldest son, I have I've always had to work the business, work in the business, and help with the business. And I used to hate it with a passion. You know, because I wanted to be outside playing with the rest of the kids. But, and I guess from that, you know, I guess I've always wanted to be able to do my own thing, whatever it was, and not necessarily, you know, just want to go punch a clock and do that, even though I could do that, because I learned at an early age, too, in order to be a good leader, you had to first be a good follower. And going out to work with somebody else, you know, it teaches that lesson and it really humbles you, you know, because. You have to do what they say regardless day after day. And even though, you know, you think rings around the person that's giving you your instructions, you know, you still have to humble yourself and do it. But that also fueled me to want to be in my, my own thing and have my own business, whatever it was. And and then another thing, you know, I watched my dad, you know, work for 35, 40 years for a steel foundry in Texas. And when they decided to let him go, they gave him a donut and a fake gold watch. And, uh, you know, I, I said that would never happen to me. So, Wow. I, I didn't know you were the third generation entrepreneur, too. Kind of the the inverse. I'm the baby, so uh, I was kind of forced to to, to be around the, the entrepreneurship. My grandfather 
Um, he he owned pretty much kind of everything from filling stations, nightclubs, gas stations. Uh, you know, you 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 name it. He 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 was in tire shops. You know, all of you know the early you know 1920s and 30s. Those type of businesses. You know, he was really much involved in. And then my father and uh, he kind of followed similar to those footsteps. And, and he's the one who actually taught me how to have a corporate career. And, you know, be an entrepreneur at the same time, um, he actually retired from one of the local uh, powering companies in, in back home in Kansas City, as well as, you know, retired, but retired into his own businesses. Um, and now he has a, has a nightclub based in Kansas City. But to, to your point, you know, you as the oldest, you were forced into, you know, running the business. Me, as the youngest, I was forced into coming to the business because everybody worked there, and, you know, so I, you know, had had to go and, and was forced to, you know, take an interest in it. So that's that's interesting we share that common common ground right there. Well, I have a question, Marcus. Along the way, it sounds like your – did you say your grandmother had a bunch of businesses or your mom? It was uh, so man. So my my grandfather is the one who had several several different businesses um, throughout the you know course of his life. I, and actually, mm-hmm. the crazy part about it is he only had a sixth grade education. Um, so you know he, he you know that, that was not uncommon, you know in those times. You know we're talking early 1900s. Um, but yeah, he he owned a, a variety of different businesses um, over, over time, and and then basically passed that down to my father and my mother. Um, she was at the start of a successful uh, dump trucking and, and construction uh, company that you know is now you know multi million dollar company in in Missouri, and pretty much her side of, of my family was uh, all construction and, and dump trucking industry. So when I went. I was just exposed to a lot of, you know, different different things, fortunately, you know, to kind of figure out what it was that I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do and kind of how I wanted to structure my journey, you know, and pass that down to, uh, you know, my children when they get here uh, to be fourth-generation entrepreneurs. Wow. That's part of what you want them to learn, huh? Yeah, a- absolutely. You know, I'm not going to force them into, you know, entrepreneurship, but definitely the, the principle that I teach of uh, that there's an entrepreneur in all of us. You know, we're, we are entrepreneur, and entrepreneurship, in my, on my take of it, uh, it it's tied mostly in, in most people's minds to business or, you know, running an organization, but it's really not. When you look at the root word and the definition of, of it, it's really to create to lead and to and to do. So that's why I say that we all are the entrepreneurs of our own lives because we were put here to create, to do, and to grow in life. So I'm definitely going to teach them that, that principle, uh, but definitely help them understand that every business that you work for, every organization that you may, you know, be a part of or work for, or every university and even this country was basically founded, no, it's not a basically, was founded by someone. Nothing that you see was just 
snapped and, and created and, and someone took it over. No, it was someone's vision. It was someone's ideal. It was someone's goal all the way down to the United States of America, and now you have it you know, hundreds of years or later, and that is ultimately why I say again, we are all entrepreneurs because we were put here to create, to do, and to grow. Well, it sounds like you've got some um, biblical influence in there. Absolutely. <laughs> is that obvious? Well, you were talking you... about it time, so I figured that that came out of that. Go ahead, Lamont. You were going to ask a question or make a comment. Well, probably the question because I, I, I don't I don't know if we touched on this, but uh, the question was, what do you find is the biggest challenge you face when helping somebody see the entrepreneur in themselves? Um, yeah, really, really kind of to that previous statement is you know breaking that barrier of what society has kind of mainly portrayed. Um, you know, it's just, and even, you know, with, you know, how we opened up the show, you know, you feel like you have the entrepreneur swim lane and then you got the corporate American nine to five worker bee type swim lane. And in, in, in that regard, as far as a profession, there is a separation. But when you look at, again, at the root word, that's really the, the biggest challenge that, that I have is it's helping people connect with really what entrepreneurship is and how it relates to your life personally. You know, drop the profession. When you look at the word and we look at what it really means, um, it means to create, to do, and to grow. And so when I'm able to break that barrier and cross that hurdle, you know, light bulbs just go on in people's heads. And um, some people, you know, they take that inspiration and, they step their game up from their job from only putting in 40% of, of effort, you know, maybe getting it up to 70%. And, and that's great. Um, some people, you know, they are inspired to, to actually pick up the profession to be an entrepreneur. Um, some people are, are inspired to, you know, share that message with their, their children. They may feel it's too late for them, which I'd never say is too late for anybody, but they take it and they put it into their children. So um, once that once that hurdle is, is, is broken, um, it, it's amazing some of the stories that I hear about how um, removing the professions from entrepreneurship and really focusing on what it means, how it inspires and changes life for the better. Yes. Well, there seems to be a lot of emphasis there, and you said it about yourself too, that no matter what, like Michael Jordan, you're gonna nobody's gonna outwork you. Uh, you know, it, it's an it's got to be a positive message to a lot of people to hear that to be successful. Putting in a lot of your energy is a big factor. You know, working hard really does make a difference. It's not all about just being creative or um, insightful or bright about certain ideas, but the, but to put the real work into it kind of sets you apart. I'm hearing you say that. Isn't that the dedication and commitment? Mm-hmm. A- absolutely. Um, 
you know, you think about it, you know, how do you expect to achieve anything without being committed to it? Um, you know, you, you, you look at you look at marriage marriage for example, um, you know, there's multiple factors of you know what ultimately can cause a divorce, but when you look at the statistics Really, the one that's up there the highest is the commitment. You know, you, you're not committed to the long run. You're not committed to putting in your, your your full effort. So, you know, how can you achieve anything worthwhile without being committed to it? And, and I'm the first to tell you, it's sometimes, you know, not necessarily with marriage, but just life, it's going to suck. It's not always peaches and cream. It's not always fun. It's not always sexy. It's not always easy. Matter of fact, majority of the time, it's the complete opposite. And it's because you're trying to go against the grain. Life and growing, and when you apply commitment to something that you want to do, a goal or objective that you set, expect it to be hard. Expect you to get pushback. Expect to get... um you know, adversities and challenges and different difficult situations and, and things that you could not foresee. When I'm able yeah. to communicate that to people, it's it, it's their their lives, you know, change because no, I don't know where this philosophy came from that we were told it was going to be easy. We were told that <laughs> we weren't going to have anybody push back on us. We were told that. You know, society was going to move out the way because we have this this dream, this goal that somebody told us that it was going to, you know, feel good and, and be exciting and be joyful all the time. I, if, if you, wherever that message is, please let me know so I can go and study it because I have yet to find it. And when you get that in your head, not to make you, you know, discouraged, but to help you have clear expectations of what you're trying to do when you have that man, nothing at that point when you're committed to it can stop you because you already are expecting it. Hey, Matthew, here's another one for you. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Everybody would do it. Now, you didn't make that one up, Lamont. <laughs> I've heard that before. Before I ever met you, I heard that one. You credit well. for that, like prime the pump, are you? Mm-mm. Well, that was just a caveat to what Marcus. Hey, look, that was that was just a caveat to what Marcus was saying. You know, uh, that's if a it, good statement, true. though. If it was easy, if everybody it was easy, would everybody wouldn't be doing it. That's but right. The reason it is so it's it's not. It, it's hard. You're going against the grain every step of the way. Every step of the way. I think that that's a. Marcus, I think that that attitude is a. Uh, you said you're a millennial, right? Yeah. That's that's pretty common attitude, I think, in in your generation. So it's interesting that you don't have that attitude. It should yeah, be easy. It, yeah, and and I um, and I credit that to. So I look at it this way, um, you know, being a millennial, there's, you know, with every generation, there's a, a basically a generational divide inside the generation. So I'm on the the, the higher end of the, the millennials, uh, you know, whenever they 
you know, divided that divide of, well, I don't know, is it 40 or 35 or younger? Um, you know, so I'm on that, that upper curve of the millennials. And so when I was growing up, it was just about, you know, starting to make that shift because my parents, um, you know, they wanted, you know, they were the generation that wanted to give their children everything because when they grew up, you know, they did, they had very little. Um, and so that kind of spoiledness for my generation is where that mentality comes from. And then technology made it worse. <laughs> technology just, you know, put the, put the icing on the cake. <laughs> but, um, but if Don't be talking about my little know, red wagon. <laughs> You're a red wagon. You didn't have a little red wagon, man, when you was a little boy. <laughs> I, I might have, yes, I, I think I might have had one. Uh, you probably had, had that little. He, he probably had that little horse, you know, that had the wheel on the back, the, the little wood horse. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's um. It's it's interesting, you know. I I was just fortunate to, um, you know, my oldest brother, my young, my closest brother, was five years older than me. So it was just fortunate that, um, you know, I basically grew up five years early, and um, you know, those principles were were put into me, um, for my parents. And then, you know, technology didn't necessarily completely spoil me, uh, to where you know I, I would think that everything would would be easy. But at the same time. Um, you know, I I wanted to learn it. I, I wanted to figure out, you know, how to do this life thing. And I think that's a big challenge for my generation is that, like, like Lamont said, that that commitment and you know that that focus and that desire and that and that effort. Um, there's nothing wrong with technology. The point of technology is for us to be able to do things more efficient, more effectively, faster, but not to make us more lazy. <laughs> and, and and my generation is kind of missing that uh that that piece of it, it's not a substitute to doing the work. It's it's actually there to inhibit you to to be able to do more in less time. And you know mm-hmm. that what I credit myself to being at the point of. My life, when I look at, you know, in comparison, just say, for instance, my father and my, and my, and my parents, you know, I mean, I'm at that, this point, you know, where they were at maybe in their 40s and 50s. Technology. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, technology can give us the sense of, to make things easy, but on the other hand, it really can facilitate what you're talking about is about, like, about your life is to – help you be more effective, maybe even get more done sometimes, I'm guessing. Do Man, that way. <laughs> Lamont, you get more stuff done by using technology? Yeah. What did you say? Yeah, I do too. I, you know, I'm like about five years ago, one of my, one of my, uh, uh, I, my friend actually it's my son he says to me why come you don't have an iPad you could use that instead of 
your your calendar that you use to write all your appointments down. I said, well, I love this this calendar. I buy one every day, every year from Neiman Marcus. <laughs> he said wow. he could do more stuff with that. I got a stack of them now, and he talked me into getting an iPad. Man, am I attached to that thing? It goes to bed with me at night. Wakes up with me in the morning. It gets so much done. It's, I don't know how I ever live without it. And I get a lot of work done on it and communicate wow. with people. And, and it's just amazing to me how effective I can be with it in ways I wasn't before. Old I Neiman Marcus doesn't get my 80 bucks a year anymore. I just feel sorry. I just feel sorry for the seniors that's not computer lit um, because pretty soon you're not going to be able to do anything in, in this world without having some knowledge about a computer. It's almost scary because right. uh, in, in, in my business, you know, when we used to have to send uh, records of music overseas, it used to take, you know, weeks. And now with, you know, technology, you can send a, a CD in a matter of seconds. So if if you're not up on your game, you not you don't know that. And I deal with a lot of artists too. Even today, you know, they can't tell me they don't know how to send an MP3, or they don't even know what an MP4 is. And I'm like, damn man, that's basically told me where you are right now in 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 life as far as being able to, you know, uh, serve your music, you know, to society or to get it out. You slow, <laughs> you know, you miss it. They gonna be done burning and ripped it and copied it before. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they just Man, don't have no no idea, you know. Even when you talk to them about social networking, the first thing they say is, "I don't mess with that stuff." Yep. It's, 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 Man, my 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 grandma, she she's approaching eighty, if not already eighty. I lose track. I pray I live to be her age. Uh, okay. Sent me an email the other day. Marcus, Marcus, I don't, I don't want to cut you off, man, but we like down to the last minute and a half of the show, and I want to just give you the time to get put your stuff out there so you can tell everybody where to come see you and all that stuff, man, before we run out of time, bro. Sorry. But oh, I want you to let everybody know how to get at you. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't, can't believe it's already been that time, but, hey, I enjoy myself. Uh, you know, I, I pray that everybody, you know, took, like you said, uh, one nugget away from, uh, today's show uh, to be more interactive with me, just simply go to my website, which is marcusbowls.com. Traditional spelled M-A-R-C-U-S Bowls as B as in boy, O-L-E-S dot com. And if you want more information, you know we put things out there every week. Um, just go to marcusbowls.com forward slash inquiry and fill out the form right there on the page. It takes less than thirty seconds. Name and select digital education, and you will be connected with me. And I give this information away for free. It's my passion. It's my love. Um, so I'm looking forward to staying connected with you all, as well as all the listeners. And if you want me to come to your next event, just uh, you'll see everything there on the page, and I look forward to meeting you and, and, and your network. Well, Marcus, thanks so much for being with us today. appreciate your time and your energy and all your excellent input. Thanks very much. Yes, definitely, definitely. No Thanks. And for those just joining the show late, you can still hear the show from the beginning. You know where to go get it. Worldmovement.com, blogtalkradio.com forward slash player. You can hear it from the beginning. You can get it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or whatever you're at, Google. You can hear the show from the beginning. And uh, hope we were able to enhance your life in some form or fashion. See you next week. Lamont, 
and Matthew out. And thanks again, Marcus. Thanks. All right, God. Sonny. Yesterday my life was fair as a drain. Sonny. You smiled at me and really ate the pain. Now the dark days are gone and the bright days are here. My sunny one shine so sincere. Sunny one so true. I love you. I can't complain or explain. You simply flip my game like cocaine in my veins. Fuck you every day. All up in my brain. Unlike that same old thing, you bring me joy, no pain. What's my name? We get like baby, can't get that way with you. My son ain't one so true. May not look like a fool if it ever ran over you. Enticed by all this fame, but ground is still the same. Thoughts of my old flame got blown right out the frame. My aim, my game, no shame. Slide home, tap home plate. Feel me, I felt you. My son in one true blue I now see things clearer Your face in my mirror Reflection shine like mine Mine is mine, just my kind It's true, I fuck that fool Be with you, I do what it do Never will I blow my fuse Never will I ever want to sing the blues All I want to do is cruise Enjoy every day that's spent with you Let's take it to another plateau Sunny, get your first Let's skate, let's roll Sunny, uh, uh, uh